Looking for some amazing TV to stream? Indulge yourself with the hits on Hulu you can't miss. Dive in with Barney, Ted, Robin, and the gang on How I Met Your Mother. All nine seasons are now streaming on Hulu. Then you can move to Modern Family, Schitt's Creek, and My Wife and Kids. We're talking every episode and every season of these shows. We're talking huge hits, streaming on Hulu whenever you're in the mood. Now we're talking. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs, containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes. Hey, what's up, everyone? I am Ben Kissel, and I'm with Marcus Parks. Hi, Ben. We're going to talk to you a little bit about Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. It's the political show that Marcus and I do. It's a lot of fun. If you want to get up to date on the weekly news of politics, uh, check out the show. Uh, you know, I, I think you'll like it. I think you'll like I it. Think We're reasonable. Like it. We're reasonable yeah. people. We're fine people. We're fine people. <laughs> um, so that's good. So check it out, because there is a lot to unpack, and hopefully it helps you get through your week. So hail yourselves, everyone. Thanks for listening. There's no place to escape to. This is the last podcast. On the left. <laughs> That's when the cannibalism started. What was that? Hi, hello. Uh, my name's Freder Archibald. If you ever forget it, just think of a friendly little tater tot. <laughs> Welcome to the right-hand path. We'll be talking today about the faculty of a brack and other ways to say things that other people will glaze over. Uh, as you talk to them, I trust you guys brought your compasses. Oh, of course, yeah. Um, because there's a lot of homework. Obviously, yeah, no, this I is magic. It. This Can't isn't wait. fun. This is very serious. And I know I sound like a silly person, but I'm not. I'm very serious, and I hold within me the wisdom of the ancients. And I've spent a long time staring at my own belly button with crystals in all of my pockets. Do you have any idea what my budget of crystals are at this point? I'm feeling offended. Okay, I'm already I don't know, Freighter. I don't know. I'll give you some cash. Do you need cash? Did you bring a compass? Do you have any clue how it is to free draw these circles? And you know these elementals, they go skip-scapping around I if you haven't got your circles properly drawn. Hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome to the last podcast on the left. I am Ben Kissel with uh, the never-tired, always fully awake, <laughs> always fully happy, and energized Marcus Parks. Hello, Ben. And we got Henry Zabrowski in beautiful sunny Los Angeles. And it makes me upset. <laughs> you may want to do some form of magic, sure, and you think that you've got your fun little goth eyeliner on, and you think you've got all your candles, but that's not what it takes. It also takes a pretty fundamental working of Aramaic. Oh, and also, uh, I'm talking a lot of homework, people. This is yeah. not for the. This is not for you, cool kids. This is for the nerds. I love. You know, I love community college spiritual class. It's really exciting. So you might wonder why is Henry doing that character? Is that what you're wondering? Well, I'll tell you why. Because today's subject. It's near and dear to my heart. I have personal experiences with today's subject as well. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about something that you say, ooh, how can they do a deep dive on this subject? Well, we're going to show you. We're talking Ouija boards. Yeah. This is, again, how many times can we say this sentence, dog meat? This is what you think is an easy, not easy subject, but you think like, oh, how much is involved in the Ouija board? Yeah. And then you crack open just the very top of it. And you realize it is huge, insanely complicated. Yeah. Well, you know what? 
this is actually the Ouija board is a it's a it's an interesting tool, of course. Uh, it's also to summon the devil, perhaps. It's also a good way to teach your children the alphabet. Yeah, think about oh, that. What think a good haunted that. way to f- fucking teach your children how to use the alphabet. Yes. And all of a sudden their heads are spinning and they're thrown on a pea soup. But at least they'll know their letters. <laughs> they'll know their letters. They'll know the numbers. Uh, you know, zero through nine. Fucking sticking a crucifix up their pussy. But at least they're fucking with the nail in kindergarten. That's great. Crushing it. Yeah. So out of all the pieces of occult paraphernalia floating around this world, the Ouija board is probably the most popular. This is something that I have no doubt that a majority of our listeners have used at one point in their lives. Oh, yeah. But you've been doing it wrong. Oh, I'm going to tell you right now. Do you have to be naked to play the Ouija board, or can you do it clothed? It's however the wizard feels comfortable. Some people feel they want a whole temple experience, which, sure, if you're going to spend an afternoon at Haunted Pier 1, yeah, then you can kind of replicate that for yourself. But other people will do it even just with a black pair of gym shorts. Uh, Freighter, have you ever been arrested for being naked in a Pier 1 by any chance? Because I think I saw you on the local news. I uh, was asked to appear nude. At that Pier 1, and it was mostly because it was closing and it was a revenge. It was revenge from one of the shift managers against the the big manager, but I was, I was going to say, Freighter Archibald is not exactly the most liquid at the moment. Okay. But despite being so popular, readily available, and easy to use by pretty much anyone, most people can't agree on exactly what the Ouija board actually does. Hmm. Or. Even what it is. Wait, hold on a second. We're talking about something supernatural and spiritual, and people can't agree. <laughs> I cannot even imagine people not agreeing on this. There's usually a consensus in this realm. The thing about the Ouija board is it really is it about how seriously do you take your own mind? Mm. And I think it's weird because do you take your mind seriously, Kissel? No. I'm already going to say no. No, the only way to survive in this back crap world is to not take it too seriously. But if you believe you're seeing the upper echelons of the angels that are in the <clears throat> a higher category that help create this whole universe and a part of the driving Kabbalah-esque right. energy from the abyss that issues forth, and you're seeing those with the Ouija board, or you're talking to fucking your aunt that sure. is either a f- your aunt or it is a sh- it is a uh, an elemental that is parading as your aunt wearing your fucking aunt's panties. Well, that, Walking we're getting our- way too ahead of ourselves. <laughs> way too. But I will say, in high school, I we summoned a spirit, Deb Deb, uh-huh. almost killed my friend Josh Kantz. How, how did B Deb Deb almost kill your friend Josh, Josh Kantz? Josh was putting, he put Doritos. Deb Deb did not make Josh Kantz drink uh, fucking, what was it, Steel Reserve no. and hang out by the closet. No, Josh was, he was a sober guy. We were drinking Mountain Dew. Uh. Um, but no, he threw chips on the thing when we were playing. He was mocking Deb Deb on the the drive home, a car's c- coming towards them, turns off their lights, almost dies. Another it's a gang a di- initiation. No, <laughs> in Wisconsin. Stevens Point, Wisconsin. There's no gangs in Stevens Point. No, we call it. We call ourselves men's groups. We're with a men's group. <laughs> and then, a, and then a little animal got into his way, and uh-huh. he had to swerve off the road, and and perhaps he saw a ghost. Perhaps, perhaps. <laughs> anyway, he no, was quite scared. Well, while some, like well-known Christian fundamentalist frauds, Ed and Lorraine Warren, considered the, <laughs> they considered the Ouija board to be an evil gateway into the realms of the devil. Hmm. But others see it as nothing more than a fun trip into the subconscious. 
Still others, most notably Aleister Crowley, saw and see the Ouija board as a legitimate magical tool that can be used to access the realms beyond to speak to everything from elementals to Enochian angels. You don't understand... Honestly, Aleister Crowley, as I was going back through, I, I was reading the Book of Law again, which is a, a beautiful little piece of poetry. That's why I, I, I think it's really cool. Every man and woman is a star is really an interesting thought. But then you think about Aleister Crowley and the list of men and women he was both inside and he had inside <laughs> of him while he was on the Ouija board. So used to like he would get a freighter from one of his groups. He would get him over to his house and he'd be like, fuck me. <laughs> Fuck me, fuck me now. I can feel the surge. I can feel the surge. And they just go sit. First, they draw a bunch of fucking... They have to get their rulers out. Oh. They draw all of their fucking right-hand path shit on a piece of paper. And then it's like, all right, I'm plenty greased. Now apply your wand. So you have this freighter who's like an intern from the fucking the, uh, the Golden Dawn. They come and stick his dick inside of fucking Aleister Crowley. Right. And of course, like you know, he's working it like he's Cardi B uh, after oh, right. a failure of a third album. And he's seeing, he's like, yes, yes, I see the Southern Watchtower. Oh, the Curtain of Umba opens before me. <laughs> but what's the other guy seeing? I don't like, know, yeah, what's he, he feeling there? he comes inside of Aleister Crowley, and Aleister Crowley's seeing the realms of the Unreal with the Ouija board zipping back and forth, <laughs> the planches zipping back and forth, and he's, he's already come. Right. So you know what happens after you come... You feel nothing. You are now, the, all romance is gone. Hmm. What are you watching? You're just watching this evil curly on top of you? After he has his orgasm, he probably just writes out on the Ouija board, time to watch TV. And then he's like, look at the Ouija board. It said we had to go watch TV. And then that's oh, yes, how you, look, that, and it says here, Freighter Archibald will make Mr. Crowley a sandwich. Yes. <laughs> What's really interesting about that entire rant that you just went on, Henry, the only thing that was really taboo about what you said was that Cardi B's third album wasn't very good. Because I think we have some listeners who are probably quite upset. I haven't heard it. She's going to be a senator soon. Cardi B is literally going to be a senator soon. Why not? Well, whether the Ouija board is truly a gate into another world or if it's just something fun to do with your buddies... There are some people for whom the board gets twisted into something different entirely. And sometimes that ends in murder. 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 In 2001, a 53-year-old woman from Minko, Oklahoma, named Carol Sue Elvaker, was playing with her Ouija board when she thought that God spoke to her through the board hmm. and told her that her son-in-law, Brian Roach, and her 10-year-old granddaughter were evil and had to die. Sometimes they gotta go. Honestly, the son-in-law probably ate all of her frozen goods. <laughs> it angered her immensely. You know how aggravating that is. Of course. You bought the pizza for yourself. <laughs> and then all of a sudden your son-in-law is consuming it on the couch. I had fucking roommates in college. Oh, and yeah. My one college fucking buddy, he, he left town and stole the last of my bologna. That was a big fucking deal. That was my bologna. I can literally see you like in a black robe with a picture of him burning as you have Sage just chanting a death chant upon your roommate who stole your baloney and the devil just being like technically that's not quite uh, worthy of me uh, I am a devil I do feel like you'd be like yes this is a most egregious sin <laughs> so Carol Sue grabbed a knife and approached Brian who was a former mayor mind oh. you while he was sleeping in bed 
She then sunk the knife into his chest and sat there as he bled to death and begged for help. Then she turned on the granddaughter. But the girl's mother, Carol Sue's daughter, was able to wrestle the knife away before any damage could be done. How strong is this old lady? (laughs) She's she's not old. She's 53. Dude, I could... I could wrestle a knife away from a 53-year-old woman, right? Uh, from Carol Sue Elvaker? <laughs> you know what? You're right. Yeah, not, not if you're sleeping. <laughs> but instead of calling the police, Carol's daughter and her kids got in the car with Carol and helped her flee the scene. Why? The biggest mistake was letting Carol Sue drive. Let the Ouija drive. <laughs> Let the Ouija drive. It knows. It knows the way to go. It puts the planchette on the fucking steering wheel and puts a blindfold on her fucking face. That is the craziest thing of all. They let the woman who just stabbed her husband Stabbing drive. killed her husband. They let her drive. You, know what? you don't have those rules within your family <laughs> where it's like, my father has to drive. He shouldn't be driving anymore. He, go- he goes 10 miles under the speed limit, but it's like the whole family, you run to the car and the whole family let me stop. Wait. Carol's got to drive. And she's like, oh, where are my keys? It's like going through a fucking huge purse. So trying to finish the job that she'd started, Carol Sue Elvaker took the car on the highway and drove headfirst into a sign pole. Oh, my goodness. But Carol Sue was the only one with injuries. She broke both of her ankles in the crash. <laughs> Her ankles? That's crazy. crazy. Very specific. Carol Sue. Every time you say Carol Sue, remember that early 90s movie, Curly Sue? Yeah, I remember Curly Sue. It was a John Belushi vehicle. Uh Uh-huh. It was kind of funny there. Maybe it's it's the same person. (laughs) You know what? Maybe it is. I'm glad glad you added that. Yeah, Yeah, she she was an orphan. She had a troubled past. Maybe. But even with the broken ankles, Carol Sue still tried to push her 15-year-old granddaughter into oncoming traffic. Oh, my God. She was thankfully unsuccessful. But instead of waiting for an ambulance, she wandered off into the woods near the road where she was found later completely nude. This is not my will. The Ouija told me to do it. He wanted to see my pancakes, and he wanted me to rub them on top of all these tulips. That, that is just, I do what I'm told. I'm following orders. Me and Herman Hess. I mean, she is a she's a tough chick, I guess. Yeah. Two broken ankles walking into the woods like that. Yeah, just hobble all the way out. Oh, my. Well, she was found not guilty by reason yep. of insanity. That's what, how well, and ha- But here's the interesting thing. No history of mental illness. No history of substance abuse. She was just one of the unlucky few who, for whatever reason, fell into a state of obsession and madness after using the board. Now, as far as inanimate objects telling unbalanced people to kill someone goes, I'd actually put more money on the television giving murder instructions a lot more often than the Ouija board does. Okay, sure. I tell you what, the television doesn't definitely makes me feel... A murderous rage <laughs> Sometimes. more than the Ouija ever has. Yep. But even if it is just our subconscious working its way through our fingertips when we use a Ouija board, there will always be something mysterious, magical, and dangerous surrounding it, which is precisely what makes it so much fun. Ooh, yeah, I love it. Yeah, naughty fun. So on today's episode, we aim to take a deep dive. But before we get into it, let's acknowledge our sources. We used three books for today's episode. And that's not, that's scratching the surface, folks. Scratching the surface. All right. We used Ouija, the most dangerous game by Stoker Hunt. Oh, that is not a real name. (laughs) That is, I don't even want to go down that road. (laughs) Ouija Gone Wild. 
by Rosemary Ellen Gilly and Rick Fisher. And of course, Ouija Gone Wild is when the Ouija shows you its tits. And I don't know why. I don't think that that was right for the Ouija to do that. Yeah, and Rick Fisher and Rosemary Ellen Gilly, they belong in jail yeah. because of that video. There's a whole chapter on how the Ouija just spells out boobs. And you can do it with 8008, or you can just do it the more yes. traditional way, alphabetically. I remember it. I remember middle school. Yeah, calculators. We literally looked at numbers and got aroused. That's how desperate we were. And now kids are looking at God knows now what. Now they're looking at God, God knows what. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> the last book is Aleister Crowley and the Ouija Board by J. Edward Cornelius. <laughs> he loves his J-horror, man. If you look up his website, he is, but he's a real deal. He is. He's like okay. an old school, like, thelemite. Uh, OTO dude is a writer. One of the of absolutely fascinating book yeah. about the deep, deep magical properties of the Ouija board, which makes me very honestly. At first, I was way more into experimenting with it. We bought a Ouija board for our house, and then as I'm reading the Alistair Crowley in the Ouija board, it was like, oh. This is, uh, I'm out of my depth. Yeah. I need okay. to read more books before I use this thing. Now, did you get your traditional Milton Bradley or did you go Parker with- Parker Brothers. Oh, it's Parker Brothers. Yeah. Parker oh, okay. Brothers. Technically Hasbro, but we'll get into that oh, later. Oh gosh. So, let's get into a few tales of the Ouija, starting with where the damn thing actually came from, or at least what we know about where it came from. So for those of you who aren't initiated, Ouija is just a brand name for what is known as a talking board. Just like what Coke, Kleenex, and Band-Aid are to soda tissues and adhesive bandages. Just like it. Just, just <laughs> I like mean, it. sort of. Sort of, yeah. Yeah, Ouija's the brand name. Yeah, yeah, I it. yeah it's a talking board. Right. How the whole thing works <laughs> is that a person or persons place their fingers on a small triangular device called a planchette. Which is either shaped like a heart or a butt depending on what kind of person you are. (laughs) (laughs) The planchette is sitting on a board that has all the letters of the alphabet, the numbers 0 through 9, and the words yes, no, and goodbye printed on it. Hmm. Once everyone is very lightly touching the planchette, you ask the board a question, and the planchette moves seemingly on its own to yes or no, if you ask a yes or no question. If the question requires a specific answer, then the planchette spells out the answer letter by letter. Now, whether the answers come from the nether realms or from one's own subconscious, the process in which the answers come is known as automatism, meaning that the answers are not coming from a conscious awareness. Or, according to Aleister Crowley and the Ouija board, it's that thing where it it is either conscious or not, and mm-hmm. it could be conscious, but it's not. But if you're asking the question whether it's conscious or not, why are you using a Ouija board? That made zero sense. That's you what, know what I'm saying. <laughs> I get it. You know what I'm I saying. It. It's also if you're around with your friends, you're hanging out in a basement, maybe you're at their parents' house or something like that, they're thinking about, let's get some food. Mm-hmm. You can co- subconsciously suggest Domino's through the Ouija. Let's you, get no, no, Domino's, no, 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 and then all of a sudden, it's not you. No, you can't have sponsored content through the <laughs> fucking Ouija. No, first of all, okay, I am on a Domino's kick, by the way. Ugh. I got it. No, it's, it's actually been better than ever before. Didn't La- no, no hey last man. week we had I to had a bad issue. <laughs> but this week I, I'm doing better with it. You say Domino's kick. I say Domino's like depth. I think that it's bad. I feel like it's a it's like a, a low point. They changed their recipe. Something's going on. Something very good. They started paving the roads. They're the best. You live in New York City. Let's no, get to I, know. This. I hear this all the time, yeah, but we're not yeah, gonna yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah. Well the skeptics term for automatism is the idiomotor effect. 
This happens when strong emotions in a person's subconscious manifest themselves as communications. In this case, it's by subconsciously moving a pointer to spell out the answers your brain wants to hear. Essentially, this is another one of those super fun and ultimately terrifying tricks your own brain plays on you, manifesting deep desires, such as, say, the desire to kill your son-in-law, uh -oh. without actually putting the thought at the forefront of your brain. You can thank your brain for doing this, <laughs> because it keeps you, it's, it's plausible deniability for whatever your hands are going to do. Well, I mean, well, it got Carol Sue off, for crying out yep. loud. How one person put it is that the Ouija board opens up uh, an area of subconscious, uh, of your subconscious, uh, that is the same area that keeps you from biting off your own finger, even though you can. I can? You can. You absolutely, I mean, if like, you, you really, really want to, you, really wanted, you could chew your own finger off but huh. there's something in your brain that stops you from doing that yeah. the ouija board accesses that part of your brain so the conversation of like it's not real or is it real it is real to to the degree uh, in the subconscious if you want to take it like you know yeah. in a supernatural way but this is what i was saying how seriously do you take your brain right how do you believe every single image that your brain puts forward as something that you are conjuring up purposefully or is it coming from an ether world that is your subconscious and is your subconscious also the same as the lower realms where the elementals live mm -hmm. right okay Okay, interesting. Yeah, and while we will be getting into the metaphysical later, it is very possible for a person to be so gullible that their own brain can trick them into doing things that they really shouldn't do, mm. such as the previously mentioned murder. Her own brain tricked her into murdering someone. This would be a great deleted scene in Forrest Gump. <laughs> I would love to know what Forrest Gump would say to a Ouija board because uh, he's a fascinating character. He is. Uh, tell me. Is anybody there? I'm trying to do my Forrest Gump impression. That was, that was, that was terrible. <laughs> that was, get into it. I mean, I, is no, you don't have to do it. Is he like me? Is, is anybody there? Is anybody there? And then you got Bubba. Bubba comes through. Okay. And it's a, uh, a shrimp. <laughs> Bowl, rip. You remember that? Man, this is a great Bubba. segment. I love Bubba. I actually ate at Bubba Gumps recently. Recently? Oh, nah. <laughs> you know, it's fine. Now, automatism of the kind that the Ouija uses has actually been around for millennia. The earliest known example comes from the year 550 BC when Pythagoras used a table on wheels that, when he and his students placed his hands upon it, would roll towards certain signs and symbols painted on the floor. Huh. Magic used to be so much bigger. Think yeah. about the commercial space that would take. He literally used to make a fucking uh, Banksy-sized workshop where he would go with his, like, an AV cart and use the Ouija board with a bunch of people in, in front of a crowd of people. It's very, wow. it's very cool. Well, the talking cool. board is such an interesting part of our history. and Because like, then it also goes to, would you call the fucking uh, Oracle of Delphi a talking board almost? Yeah. All that kind of shit's very interesting. Mm -hmm. Cool. But as far as modern times go, we think the seeds for the Ouija were planted sometime in the 1850s. But as J. Edward Cornelius points out, the problem with the history of the Ouija board is that it is infested with spiritualists who are, for the most part, not the most trustworthy of people. Hmm. 
For those of you who don't know, spiritualism was a movement that began in the 19th century when a whole bunch of people, mostly British and Americans, took advantage of the death-obsessed culture around them and claimed to be able to use certain techniques to speak directly to the dead. But this shit was like the coolest concert in the world. Yeah. This was such a bit. We will eventually, again, another, how many times am I going to fucking say this? This is one of those, uh, we will do spiritualism and the history of spiritualism on last podcast and love because it's absolutely fascinating. But it riled up real magicians because they got very, very upset because this is a before, like now, like in the 1980s with chaos magic and all that kind of shit that kind of made magic a part of the cultural consciousness. This was them believing they were taking the stuff that they hold personally very dear and the techniques that they use to speak to the upper levels of experience and they were using it to sell tickets. But now this is, this is like Fox Sisters and stuff like that. Yes. Um, but, uh, you know, I don't know. I'm, I'm conflicted on it because if it, it might help people. And if it does help people, then I say, what's the harm? That's that's a a great conversation, which I actually, I'm with you. I feel like you can offer something that, if it makes people feel good, is it bad? I mean, I don't know. If if I was a spiritualist, I would just be like, okay, you lost, you lost your husband, Brent. Okay, I have, he's coming through. He's He's coming coming through. through. Oh! So Brent isn't doing great. I actually, I'm really sorry to tell you this. I'm a horrible spiritualist. Well, the problem with it is uh, that spiritualists really like money. Uh, uh, and yeah. they tend to prey on people who don't have a lot of it. Right. And uh, some spiritualists will take every last fucking dime that that person has. I understand. Got to, man. Yeah. If there's a dime left, got to get it. Absolutely. Call me now. That's my Cleo. That's my Miss Cleo. We're using everything from table wrapping to table tapping to table turning to using a woman's breast as a stand-in for a dead baby's head. Well, that last one was a little bit different than the other three. (laughs) I wish that every baby's head was a woman's breast. (laughs) Well, spiritualists were a mixed bag of true believers and hucksters who preyed on grieving people wanting to contact dead loved ones. Aleister Crowley summed up his view of spiritualists in one word. Quote, Fall! What was that? Fall! <laughs> like, he literally just, it's this F-A-U-G-H, that was his favorite word, he went fall! Which I guess means fuck or something, like, in his time, like, fuck these people, but it was also his reaction to condoms. <laughs> I, it's a Korean dish. Fall. No, that's uh, Vietnamese, and it's Vietnamese. Vietnamese. Aleister Crowley, obviously, is the hipster of hipsters about mag- magic, especially at the time, because he was over this shit he had done a lot of work and it was like in order to build up and the kind of shit that he was talking about drawing the maps of the Enochian super universe and then he watches all these people come and make fucking chairs bounce and things knock and he got incredibly triggered by that mm-hmm. okay Fall. my sister is the best gift giver I've ever met of any person it's Jackie Zabrowski she shops all year thinking about her family and friends, and puts little things aside for their birthdays and Christmases. I have no idea how she does it. I don't know how she do it. But guess what? She always wins Mother's Day, but not this year. I'm coming back. Ready to win Mother's Day and cement your reputation as the best gift giver in the family? I'm taking the crown. All right, give the moms in your life an aura digital picture frame preloaded with decades of family photos. I mean this. We have the aura frame up in my home. 
We absolutely love it. I can put photos on it very, very easily through the app. It's fun to do. And the memories keep cycling and I get emotional. And we filled it with pictures of Carmi and Wendy. And that is not sad. That is celebratory. So you should try it. It's honestly a really good product. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code LEFT at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It says here I have to talk about something I need to get off my chest, and I guess I can share it here. I I eat mayonnaise for fun. It's a hobby of mine, and it's an addiction. It's a daily weight on my life. How much I need whipped egg whites and oil crammed into my veins as soon as I wake up. And a lot of people carry around a lot of different stressors, big and small. Some people are presidents. Some people are soldiers. Some people have to eat mayonnaise, especially with hard-boiled eggs, which is what I eat for lunch. But I guess I should share that in therapy. Because therapy is a safe place to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. And what I do is I just add eggs if I have mayonnaise left over. I just continue to add the eggs. But if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. I hope they can help me. My God. I hope they can help me. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash LastPod today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash LastPod. One in five Americans have learned a new language on their bucket list. If that's you, make 2024 the year you finally check it off the list with Babbel. Be a better you in 2024 with Babbel, the science-backed language learning app that actually works. Don't pay hundreds of dollars for private tutors. It's a waste. Don't waste hours on apps. Besides appetizers, that's the kind of apps I like. Babbel's quick 10-minute lessons are handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. Did you know that empanada is already Spanish? I didn't. Thanks, Babbel. Did you know that burrito is already Spanish? Wow. I just got to learn all the rest. And eventually, I'm going to be eating downtown Mexico. Thanks, Babbel. Here's a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now, get 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash left. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash left, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash L-E-F-T. Rules and restrictions may apply. Well, while it seems like the vast majority of spiritualists were John Edwards-type vampires feeding off the money and grief of those around them, some of them were sincere, and certain useful occult devices sprung out of that movement. If you want to watch a great, go down to the YouTube hole of John Edwards, not the politician, the, the scam artist. Crossing Over was the name of the show. Mm-hmm. And it was yes. a huge hit in the 90s. Watch the bloopers. Yeah. Watch the John Edwards <laughs> fails on YouTube. The it is hilarious. Boing. <laughs> stuff like that. One of the tools that came out of the spiritualist movement was the planchette. 
meaning little board in French. There's no consensus as to who invented the damn thing, as the only person who ever took credit was a guy who just called himself M. Planchette. Hi, I couldn't help but notice you were enjoying my chips. My name is Roy Doritos. <laughs> nice to meet you. Yeah, those are my chips. Yeah, my last name's Doritos. Yeah, absolutely. I know I, know I look Polish, but I'm incredibly nacho cheese Spanish. Yep. Oh, wow. I love it. Well, the shape of this device was much the same as the one we use today, but instead of being used with a board, the original planchette had a hole for a pencil, and the messages would be written and drawn by the little device itself. Cool. The sister device to the planchette was called the dial plate board. This device was like a roulette wheel, with which one would ask questions and be answered with letters, numbers, yes, no, don't know, or on some boards, just the word, mistake. Yeah, I mean, how lame would your friends have to be if all of the answers were don't know? <laughs> make a decision. Make, have your subconscious make a choice. No, because it's just like a, you're talking to the elemental that is taking the form of a sullen teenager. And every single time you ask them something, they go, I don't know. I don't know. The dial plates actually got some commercial success, sold under such names as Spiritoscope. Psychograph and the Telegraphic Spirit Communicator. Psychograph is the winner for me. Yeah, for sure. But such plates were expensive and were only available, as most magical things were at the time, to the very rich. Mm. Because this shit was also huge and was made out of fucking cast iron. Yeah. These Mm. things would last forever. Mm -hmm. Cool. But in 1890, three men decided to combine the planchette with the dial plate, shrink it all down... And bring the occult to the masses with the Ouija board, charging just a dollar fifty a pop, which is still about forty bucks in today's money. Oh wow! Yeah. Now, while the history is fuzzy on the details, we're pretty sure that two men named Elijah J. Bond and Charles Kennard teamed up with a coffin maker named E.C. Reich to create the Ouija. Oh, God. Should have changed that name. <laughs> After yeah. last week's episode, too, when I hear the word Reich, it's like <laughs> a mm-hmm. twitch goes through my face. So that is fascinating, though. A coffin maker mm-hmm. helped create the Ouija board. Yeah. Well, it's oh, because okay. he said he was fucking on brand, dude. And I he guess. said that as he was developing it. He's like, so many, so many people come to me because he ran a funeral home. Right. That it's like, and so he's like, let's wrap it all up. We can sell it in the fucking lobby. We can sell corpse <laughs> juice, which is this new kale thing that I'm selling. It's like, yeah. it's, like, it's a health juice, but it's green like the face of a, your aunt when oh. she's in the grave. Wow, yeah, Ouija boards at a funeral home, big seller. Yeah. Guarantee you that. Well, Reich had a sincere interest in the occult and thought it was ridiculous and cumbersome to ask a spirit to juggle an entire table as these spiritualists often made them do. So he was concerned that the spirit was working too hard? <laughs> it's a spirit. I think he can handle it. So, Reich figured it would be much easier to get the spirits to communicate with something smaller, such as the little planchette. It's very interesting, because a part of it is true, is getting out of your own way with the Ouija board. Plus, with the Ouija board, nobody had to consult with a medium or a spiritualist or any other dickhead leeching money away, because we don't know this for sure, but I would imagine that Reich saw quite a few spiritualists lurking around the old coffin shop. So were bars, instead of people talking to each other like they used to, you know, and now everyone's just on Twitter or Instagram, not staring at each other, was everyone just playing a Ouija board by themselves? <laughs> Honestly, I'm with people. You have people over and you do it. But a good way to spot a huckster at the coffin shop is the, the guy who's, like, laying inside one while it's closed, and you hear, like, 
help me, help me. Inside of a coffin, and you open up, and he's like, have I got a story for you? <laughs> Hi, my name is Daniel. <laughs> but soon after the original Ouija board was put into production, Reich seems to disappear from the story completely. It was Bond and Kennard who took the idea and ran with it, and the two founded the Kennard Novelty Company and filed a patent in 1891, and they actually... To get the patent, they had to go to the patent office and use the Ouija board in front of the patent clerk to prove to him that it worked. And the patent wow. clerk was like, fuck, wow, okay, yeah, that, that is absolutely frightening. <laughs> <laughs> Bond and Kennard sounds like a law firm that only focuses on people who have publicly defecated. Like, can you poop in public? Oh, Bond and Kennard. Have We're- you had a couple after the game? Are you lost in a neighborhood where you don't know where the Starbucks is? <laughs> Call Bond and Canard. We know for a fact sometimes you got to take a dump behind a Honda. <laughs> now, one of the things that makes the Ouija board so enticing is that it's got a fantastic name. But nobody really knows where the name Ouija came from. Canard said that it was the board itself who told him its name, claiming that Ouija means good luck in ancient Egyptian. I've heard this. It does not. It does not. It absolutely does not. Ah. But after just a year in production, the company switched hands in a hostile takeover, and a former factory foreman named William Fold, along with his brother Isaac, took control and changed the company's name to the Ouija Novelty Company. With the company name change came an origin name change as well. While Fold still claimed that the board named itself, what he says it really did was combine the French and German words for yes, we and ya. Ooh. Ouija. But wouldn't it be we-ya? It would be we-ya. We-ya. Yeah, it's not, I mean, Ouija isn't, doesn't make any sense either. It's fun. Yeah. It's a funner, it's a funner way to say it, because we-ya sounds, that's, that's hard. We-ya sounds like I'm, I'm missing a tennis Swing. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So yes and yes. 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 Now is that that's accurate? what some people call it? Some people do call it a yes yes board. Yes yes board. Mm-hmm. Huh. Okay. Yeah. After a couple years, though, William accused Isaac of what Cornelius called quote bookkeeping shenanigans. Oh, man. <laughs> that oh. is that is bad. And of course, that's what happens. That's what the kid in the movie Happiness. That's what he called what he was doing to the books. If you recall, <laughs> oh. if you remember what that child like, yeah, bookkeeping right. shenanigans, one of the most disturbing movies of all time. So Isaac got forced out of the company, and William Fold renamed the company yet again as the Baltimore Talking Board Company. Oh, no, that's not fun. No, but a part of this was trying to make it legit, right? This Mm. is the part of the Ouija board that is boring, where they have to figure out how to market this motherfucker. They have to go out and sell it to people, because a part of it is trying to downplay the fact that you just might open a portal to the fucking nether worlds if you use it maybe (laughs) and this takeover resulted in a court battle which brought plenty of clever questions from journalistic wags and when one of them asked why the men didn't just ask the board who owned the company oh oh, come on now why why don't you just ask the board why uh who actually owns the company get over over here so i can give you a wedgie (laughs) well this is how fold responded quote i'm not a spiritist I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea of getting out of questions by just saying, 
I'm not a whatever. I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> I'm a Presbyterian. <laughs> okay. Uh, Mr. Fold said that the only time he actually consulted the board about anything was when he asked it if he should build a new Ouija board factory. Oh. And the board said, yeah. Well, it's a yes-yes yeah. yes board. Yeah. 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 You yeah. Go ahead. And this turned out to be a good move. Because the Ouija only got more popular, despite being beset by quite a few imitators. Mm. But the Ouija was not without its controversy. In 1912, Ella Crawford, a lonely, widowed mother, turned to spiritualism to fill the hole left in her life after her husband passed away. Eventually, she was given a Ouija board, and the obsession began. Ella consulted the Ouija for every single decision in her life. and She began to believe that whatever the Ouija said... She had to do. That's not a good place to be in. No. And you should never feel that about anybody. Nobody owns your emotions. No, yeah. definitely not. Give her a cat. <laughs> That's what you need to do. No. Widows love cats. Little dogs, maybe, but cats for sure. But she was looking for a boss. So yeah. eventually, she would eventually hear the cat be like, Hey, why don't you try to eat your own pussy? <laughs> what? Well, that? Whiskers? <laughs> that is, no, I mean, that's fine. You can talk to the cat. Yeah. And cats are a boss, for sure. But if they talk back. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, then you, you fall into some territory there. Well, pretty soon, the Ouija was telling Ella that she and her daughter were soon going to be thrust into poverty and that it would be better for them to die rather than face it. Hmm. Yep. So, Ella made a decision. She walked into the bathroom as her nine-year-old daughter was in the tub and held her daughter's head underwater until she drowned. Then, Ella pulled the body out of the water and dressed the girl in her funerary clothes. Meanwhile, the Ouija board's frantically going back and forth, being like, this is a bummer, actually. Maybe I was wrong. This is kind of fucked up. Like, what are you doing? Stop dressing that dead body. So the Ouija board gave her economic advice, told her the economy was going to crash. Basically, maybe this was the spirit of Jim Cramer from Mad Money before he came into the world. Perhaps he was down in hell telling people, sell, sell, buy, buy. Economy's going to crash. I want to end it all. <laughs> well, after she dressed her daughter, she turned on herself, picking up a hatchet and attempting to sink the blade into her own skull. Like a yeah, dude, that's fucking metal as shit. I've never heard suicide by fucking axe before. We talked about this on sides or on uh, last stream this week. Of course, last stream you can watch it on adultswim.com slash streams every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is Steve Martin's joke, but she literally <laughs> just did Steve Martin's bit with the arrow with an axe in real life. Yeah, but she survived huh. and was found not guilty by reason of insanity. What? Despite this story, though, hmm. or perhaps partly because of it. The Ouija board still thrived. Think about Dungeons and Dragons and had the, the fact that people said that you'd go insane playing this game, and that eventually made it a huge craze across the country. Mm -hmm. It seems like they really took that literally, that you could get off for reasons of insanity. Yeah. Yep. Which is a strange compromise because then everyone is just crazy. Well, I mean, it's the whole thing is uh, if you can't tell the difference between right and wrong when you do your crime, then mm. you can get not guilty by reason of insanity. Okay, it's just not that common anymore. It's not very common. uncommon. Yeah, it was a, a lot more common back in the day. You just have to be real crazy now. Like, you yeah. have to have a, have a documented series. Of, you have to be Richard Chase. Yeah. And even then, he didn't get it. No, yeah. No. Yeah. So by 1920... William Fold had made $3 million on the Ouija board, the equivalent of $37 million in today's money. Ooh. 
He did this partly by expanding the brand past the board to other merch, like jewelry, and he even had a Ouija oil for when your rheumatism was acting up. <laughs> of Fucking, course. that's smart, man. Yeah. That's smart. Yeah. But, I just don't know what the hell the Ouija oil is, and I don't really <laughs> want to ask him. But what made the most money was when sales spiked during and after World War One, as people were using the boards to try to get in touch with deceased soldiers oh my god and this started a trend that continues to this day because anytime there's bad times ouija board sales spike really because yes. it makes people feel good it's kind of like uh, your horoscope it's yeah. certain things astrology makes people feel good i know for one it helps me with my anxiety for some reason or another i don't know i read it because you begin to feel like maybe something's out of my control and that allows me to take more control of my own life now i just have a question does like dick cheney does he have any stake in the ouija board because that would make more sense to go into iraq than fake weapons of mass destruction yes. i would actually be like okay you got to make that cash on the ouija you, got, you need your kickback well, Ouija made so much money that the IRS got involved, but it all came crashing down in 1927 when William Fould was on the roof of the BTBC headquarters trying to repair a flagpole himself, goddammit. Oh, wow, that's when men were men. <laughs> that's how Americans do it. They all get, we all outsource it to somebody who knows yep. what you're doing. <laughs> I do it myself. There it is. You've got to repair that flagpole. He fell three stories to the ground. What happened? <laughs> Support gave way. Ah. Uh, yeah. But he wasn't killed by the fall. And in fact, he only suffered three broken ribs. Wow. But on the way to the hospital, one of those broken ribs pierced his heart. Mm. And he died later on that day. But the company continued to do well, even without Fooled, and was sold to Parker Brothers in 1996, which was acquired by General Mills in 1968, which merged with Kenner in 1985, which was acquired by Tonka in 1987, which was bought by Hasbro in 1991, where the Ouija Man. is still owned today. Uh. Just all of those words made so many commercials from my childhood. <laughs> oh, just yeah. it, it, Advertising was, was so effective as our in our childhood. Because oh, yeah. yeah. each one of those just like pointed a commercial deep into my brain. Mm -hmm. Oh my god. I mean, I remember the G.I. Joe commercials. I forget the name of the character that you could shoot. You got that little, uh, got that little missile and it shot. Uh, there, a lot of them did that. A lot that. of them did that. Yeah. But they, in, the, in the commercial, they exploded. But then in real life, it was just sort of like a... Yeah, they just got lost. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the missiles would get lost, and then my father would step on them hungover, and I would hear <laughs> from the other room, he's like, God damn it! <laughs> These missiles are everywhere! <laughs> like, I can see how upsetting that would be. Just oh, constant projectiles all over the floor. Well, not to mention the Vietnam flashback that it triggered. <laughs> oh, my fault. With, of him relaxing on a lawn chair on top of a submarine, watching Cuban waters. <laughs> That's right. I forgot your dad was like living like McHale's Navy during <laughs> Yes. He had an incredible Vietnam. But truly, the heyday of the Ouija board was the 20s. People were so obsessed with it that the Baltimore Sun had to hire a full-time editor whose only job was to answer Ouija-related questions sent to the paper. There's a Ouija beat. So I do cool. love that this guy's just like, guaranteed job security for life. <laughs> In no way will this ever not go out of vogue. But when you've got an obsession this strong with something that's as open-ended and mysterious as the Ouija board, it's bound to cause trouble, as Ella Crawford was by no means the only Ouija board murderer. Mm. About a decade after Ella, Mae Murdock of Biggs, California, became just as obsessed as her precursor had become as far as letting the board control her life. But Mae's concern was with her husband, who was still in the land of the living. 
despite a long and happy marriage, free from even arguments, much less infidelity, may ask the board if her husband was stepping out. And in a definite case of the subconscious working, the board said yes, because you're too old. This is literally the equivalent of when you wake up and your significant other has had a dream about you cheating. (laughs) And they are mad at you. And you spend your whole day just like, like, you know, like making breakfast. Like, good morning, honey. How you doing? I'm fine. And they walk in the other room. They're like, what's going on over there? Huh. Must must be nothing because we have a perfect marriage. <laughs> Back to making breakfast. Meanwhile, she's just fucking loading a shotgun in the other room. Right. You have no clue. Well, I understand, man. You're in Biggs, California. Mm. You know, the temptations are everywhere. <laughs> well, May consulted the board more and more, and the messages escalated. And eventually, it came to a head when the board told her that her husband planned to kill her with an axe. <laughs> and bury her body. So, instead of just waiting around for her husband to murder her like the spirit said they would, mm-hmm. May took a gun and shot her husband three times. What you meant to say was took initiative <laughs> and did something before something was done to her. And he died three days later. Ah. In court, May held her Bible close to her chest as she blamed all her troubles on the Ouija board. But the jury didn't buy it oh. this time. Although they still only sentenced her to ten years in prison. This podcast is brought to you by Squarespace. Finding work-life balance can be tough, but Squarespace gives you the tools to reach your goals and have time to celebrate. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. With the new guided design system, Squarespace Blueprint, you can select from curated layout and styling options to create a personalized website optimized for every device. Get your website discovered fast with integrated, optimized SEO tools. Plus, make checkout easy for customers with easy-to-use payment tools. And with Squarespace AI, you can explain what your site is about, choose your tone, enter what you need, and get auto-generated text. And that helps you save time. I know I'm sitting on about two literal wheelbarrows filled with Horse pics. Now, part of the issue has been is a lot of these pictures are getting stopped at customs because some of them do depict various world leaders in horse-like circumstances that seems to be pinging a lot of these custom agents' accounts. Now, so what I've done to do is like, so while I'm trying to work on hand smuggling these horse pics over various country borders... I then also have time because Squarespace is doing all the other ad work for me to go and work on my killdozer at home. So thank you, Squarespace, for allowing me to diversify in the best way possible for this country. Head to squarespace.com for a free trial when you're ready to launch. Go to squarespace.com left to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Hey, did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. That's one of my favorite things about it. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. Now, personally, I'm in the middle of re-landscaping my yard. I like to do it myself because I called up a landscaper to see how much it costs, and it was absolutely insane. Plus, I love dirt. I love getting my hands 
in the dirt. And I love planting things myself. And fast-growing trees has given me some wonderful plants that I can use. Like I got this uh, Texas sage. It's purple. I've dug up a whole bunch of horrible bushes and shrubs up in front of my window and in front of my house and put some purple Texas sage up there and it's going to thrive and it's going to look real good. And I didn't even have to go to a nursery to buy it. It came to my house. Now, this spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code LEFT at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code LEFT at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code LEFT. Offers valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. This episode is brought to you by Philo. Do you love TV? Yeah, we do. Do you love saving money? Oh my God, you bet. Then Philo may be your solution. Philo has shows, movies, and live TV for just $25 a month. You can even try it for free with their seven-day free trial. That's amazing. No contracts, no commitments, no hassles. It's just a better way to watch TV. Get with it, people. Philo has an unlimited DVR for one year. Save all your favorite shows so you can watch on your own schedule. Philo allows for multiple profiles and multiple streams, meaning that your children or significant other can't ruin your queue. Never miss a minute of shows like, oh, RuPaul's Drag Race. You're going to watch it. You're going to love it. You're going to get involved with it. And it's an extravaganza. You're going to love it. With Philo, you can start watching in seconds for less money and less hassle. Try it yourself with your seven-day free trial. Sign up today at philo.tv slash left. That's P-H-I-L-O dot TV slash L-E-F-T to get 50% off your first month. But right around the time that May was getting out of prison, another Ouija-related murder occurred not too far away. Ernest Turley. Nah. And- <laughs> no. No, I was in a band with a Turley. With a Turley? With a Turley, yep. yeah. Now, do they have super long necks or no necks? <laughs> See, Turley, I think, is just a fun a fun way to call your toilet. <laughs> and we don't hit the Turley. Well, there's Turleys out there. I know, I know a Turley. All right, reach out if you're a Turley. <laughs> Ernest Turley and his wife, Dorothea Turley, moved to a ranch in Globe, Arizona in 1931 with their children, Maddie and David. Soon after arriving, though, Dorothea, who'd always had a thing for cowboys, fell in love with a young buck the next ranch over. At a loss what to do about it, she and her 15-year-old daughter Maddie sat down with the Ouija board. Oh, God. Just go to a marriage counselor. This is not what you do. <laughs> I mean, I understand. The cowboy is a very attractive figure. You got your hat, you're strong, mm. working on the fields, calloused hands. Yeah, that Tony Romo, man. Well, no, not Tony Romo. <laughs> Yep. Well, according to the daughter, they asked the board to decide between her father and her mother's new cowboy friend. Next thing they knew, the quote-unquote board gave a very specific answer. Daddy must die. Oh, oh man. Daddy didn't even know. Daddy didn't know what was going to happen to him. Meanwhile... When Daddy Must Die comes through, do you think both of them are like, yes? Oh, yes. <laughs> no, I think the mother's like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> Dorothea, I, I can wear a hat. I can buy spurs. Do you want me to have more boots? What do you need from me? Honey, I, the doctor said I'm allergic to horses. It's not my fault. I just was born in a city environment. <laughs> well, taking it back, they asked about the law. But the board said that everything's going to be all right. 
and they'd get $5,000 in insurance money and the ranch to boot. So you should probably do it. it sounds like the Ouija board's been doing cocaine staying up to 4 o'clock in the morning with this level of confidence. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is an idea. Yeah, yeah, this is an idea formed in a Las Vegas hotel after you just lost all of your money playing slots. And of course, when they asked who was going to do it, the board chose the daughter. Oh, interesting. <laughs> oh. And the board also made her promise that she was going to take care of it also mother could have her cowboy. Huh. <sighs> Just so mom could get fucking plowed. Also, do we know if this cowboy had any interest in Dorothea? <laughs> I'm the... a... Actually, it sounds like he didn't. It sounds like he had no, no clue what was going <laughs> on. This poor guy is just working <laughs> on... No clue. He's just... just fucking having a good day. He is literally just being like... Whip. He's not even thinking about the sex they just this had. Sounds like, yeah, he's sounding like, around going, whip, that's it. Yep. Whip. <laughs> this sounds like an extension of those old Diet Coke commercials when all the women rushed to the window to watch the construction worker take off his shirt. Yeah. But then if those women went home and played the Ouija board and then murdered their families to fuck him. And he's like, I didn't even know that you existed. Why are you doing this? He's like, whoa, lady, whoa. I mean, like, I get it. I'm fucking chiseled to stock, dude. But that's just a commercial. <laughs> and I'm Antonio Sabato Jr., man. So, Ooh. Oh. <laughs> I wish I could fuck y'all, but I'm gay. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky guy. So, on her brother's birthday, Maddie Turley took a shotgun and shot her father right between the shoulder blades, claiming that she'd tripped and accidentally fired the gun. Ah, uh, A yeah. few days later... Ernest Turley died. Ugh. But the cops weren't buying it. When they examined the wounds, they found that the wounds could have only come from a gun fired at shoulder level. Meaning, they knew someone pointed the gun and pulled the trigger. Yeah, tripped and shot her father is not a really great defense. Yeah. So you can't just pull the Mr. Bean defense <laughs> right. at any point. So they pressed Maddie, and she confessed that the board had put her up to the whole thing. Hmm. So for their crimes, Maddie was sentenced to six years in an Arizona convent, but only served three, as those sorts what? of things used to be done here in America. Her punishment was just being a nun? For she, three years. She just had to be a None for three years. <laughs> we used to just be able to do that. She used to get to just go up and learn the fine arts of cunnilingi up on a mountain for a couple of years. Well, Dorothea Turley, she was sentenced to prison, 10 to life, but got out after only two years. Okay. Now, the most bizarre case of the Ouija crimes of this time period, though, is the 1935 Wisconsin case of Nellie and Hubert Hurd. Mm. Again, just like with Mae Murdoch, Nellie became convinced that her 77-year-old husband was cheating on her with the neighbor next door. I mean, oh honestly, Hubert's a hot name. The guy was probably pretty buff. Hubert Heard. Oh, yeah, Hubert Heard, the fucking heartthrob of the neighborhood. Hubert Heard. Sounds like a president. <laughs> yeah, I like Hubert Heard. Every woman wants to just grind it out on a Hubert. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, the board not only confirmed these suspicions, but also told Nellie that Hubert had buried $15,000 somewhere on their property. Uh-oh. And Nellie fully believed that the spirits never, ever lied. <laughs> so, Nellie... I mean, she did due diligence at first. She what? hired a private detective to follow around her husband. A Wisconsin private detective? <laughs> yeah, we all went and checked it out there, and we went and looked to see what he's doing there, and mostly he kind of shuffles from the living room to the backyard. <laughs> so, uh, 
We're all saying he's innocent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's a, it's like, there's no way in hell this guy's stepping out. <laughs> but Nellie went back to the board and said, hey, the private detective said he's fine. The spirits were not satisfied. Oh. They decided that the elderly Hubert needed to be punished. Hmm. So, with the help of Bertha, Nellie's daughter from her first marriage. I mean, honestly, wow. Bertha is just such a lazy name to give someone. Bertha. Yeah, what's Bertha. like the... It's just, it's no. Bertha. You are, uh, you are very definitely born a Bertha. Yeah. That is a... Uh, uh, you have to be a 12-pounder. You have to come out fists first out of the vagina. Like, you come out punching the world. Looks like we got a Bertha, boys. We got a Bertha. <laughs> so with the help of Bertha, Nellie pistol-whipped Hubert into unconsciousness, oh my God. chained him to a bed, and tortured him for weeks on end in his own basement. Well, oh, did the dude. Ouija board request that she torture this man? Yes. Fucking really? Yeah. Yes. It's, it literally transcribed the entire CIA investigation manual to her <laughs> and they wrote it down letter by letter they starved him they beat him with a wire whip and Fuck. a knotted rope they burned wow. his feet with a hot poker Jeez. and they pricked him with a dagger leave him alone and when he got <sighs> too loud what they... did i do <laughs> what did i do and when he got too loud they pistol whip him again until he passed out oh my goodness now, finally he signed a confession saying that he'd slept with the woman next door and was planning on giving her the fifteen thousand dollars too but still, they held him captive. This is like I a, know it, where Osama bin Laden is. <laughs> yes. I know where he is. He's in the basement of the Alamo. <laughs> so they signed a confession like it was the Salem witch trials. Yeah. I guess, in this case, the Salem dick trials. Ah. Because they thought he was being a dick. <laughs> Kissel, wait a second. Are you writing for Samantha B right now? <laughs> no, no. No, they don't hire. They won't hire me. Uh, Hubert did escape. But was soon pistol whipped and restrained again. Jeez. Before he could get out of the house. Oh, my Fuck. God. But on Hubert's second escape, Nellie wouldn't be so lucky. To make damn sure he got away this time, Hubert grabbed Nellie's own gun and killed her with three shots. Gotta do it. And actually, it seems like Hubert didn't even get charged with the murder, much less acquitted. What does Hubert do with the rest of his life? <sighs> See, that is Can a you good imagine question. That? You're 77 years mm. old. Your wife of how many years you've just been with? I mean, whatever. It may not be the most passionate, like young and the restless marriage, but yeah. you know it was a nice marriage. And then you just get pistol whipped for fucking three weeks or whatever. Holy shit! That's crazy. You shoot her in the head. Where, yeah. Do we know where in Wisconsin this was? Don't know. Okay. Now, one case that did result in quite a few convictions occurred in Florida in 1987. When four supposed devil worshippers named Elizabeth Town, 18, Anthony Hall, 25, Daniel Bowen, 24, and Bunny Dixon, uh -oh. the leader at 16, all these people murdered a Vietnamese immigrant named Nuc Van Deng. Oh. They claimed that a dead 10-year-old boy named David had communicated to Bunny through a Ouija board and had told them all, take a road trip. And when they said they didn't have any money, David said... And just kill a guy and take his money. Oh, of course. So yeah. they said, okay. What was that theory? Back in the day, everyone was just like, if you kill someone, they're guaranteed to have thousands of dollars in their pockets. <laughs> no one has money. No, it was because of it was because of the movies, Throw Mama from the Train, uh, and it was from the movie, Um, what was it, uh, Ruthless People. Yeah. Oh, yes, Ruthless People, Bette Midler, great movie. Mm -hmm. So the quartet started hitchhiking and were soon picked up by Dang. And soon... They had him bound, gagged, and stuffed in the trunk of his own car 
on its way to a secluded spot north of Daytona Beach. Uh. There, they tortured him and carved an inverted cross on his chest with a butterfly knife until Anthony Hall shot him seven times, killing him. Damn. I do not like that. Isn't Anthony Hall the name of the dude from The Breakfast Club? Anthony Michael Hall. Uh, Anthony that's Michael why Hall. he had to put the Michael in there. I see. <laughs> yes. You, you want to differentiate. That's what makes him an actor, not a murderer. I see. But we actually don't know if Anthony Michael Hall has murdered anybody. We know and he... if I know anything about anybody who lives in the... If I know anything about anybody who lives in the hills of California here in, in the Hollywood Hills, um, he probably is guilty of several crimes. No, no. <laughs> he would never do anything wrong. He's a great guy. <laughs> Now, Hall tried begging off the whole thing by saying, in court, mind you, that he'd been under a spell that Bunny Dixon had placed on him during a satanic ritual. And that's why he killed Dang. Hmm. In the end, though, the verdicts came back as 17 years for town, 50 years for Bunny Dixon, life for Bowen, and death for Anthony Hall. Whoa. Shit, dude. That's kind of a fun. That's the entire Uno deck. Yeah. Of yeah, ways to of fuck up somebody's life. Yeah. Woo. But now we have been covering the Ouija board. Up until now, we've been covering Ouija board in not it's it's not a surface level, but a part of it is just this idea that it was a way to speak to ghosts or have some kind of spiritual guide and people being obsessed with it. But if you go deeper into the world of the Ouija board, you can kind of see magically there is an explanation for all of this shit and why what you put out there is what you get back. So mm. essentially you are looking for the Ouija board to tell you to do things and maybe just so happens to be you're sending a fishing lane out to an intelligence on the other side that then will exactly mirror whatever it is that you want to see. I mean, maybe the Ouija board can give positive uh, positive advice, though. I'm mm. sure someone is taking it right now, using it right now, and it just spells out, do stand-up comedy. No. And then that person oh, becomes no. the world-famous no. stand-up comedian. And then everyone <laughs>, laughs at their jokes. Well, the prevailing opinion among occultists is that the Ouija board is neither a good nor evil object. <laughs> it's only a gateway. And whatever comes through is your business. See, one of the main principles of magic is like reflects like. Or as Crowley put it, quote, The world of magic is a mirror. Wherein who sees muck is muck. Interesting. I have a feeling that mirror is on the ceiling in the case of <laughs> Aleister Crowley. When it comes to Aleister Crowley, yeah, buddy. He likes yeah, to see all sure. angles of his studies. <laughs> and there certainly are some who believe that the entirety of the Ouija is muck. Absolutely. Sure. Now, many modern occultists poo-poo the Ouija board as a children's toy. They'd probably laugh you right out of the door of your local OTO chapter if you so much as even thought of bringing a Ouija board to the Saturday ritual. Oh, my goodness. But I do want to remind everybody to please bring the compasses. I've said this time and time again. And if anybody has some extra graph paper, and if anybody has some dice... That's for Yahtzee. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I mean, you know, to be fair, if you're traveling around with a Ouija board everywhere you go, mm -hmm. it's kind of funny. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but some believe that the Ouija is actually an extremely powerful magical tool that just happens to be sold in toy stores. Like, think of it like a computer. Like, your mother uses the computer to play solitaire and check Facebook. Mm -hmm. But when you sit down at the exact same computer... You can hack into electrical grids and shut down power plants. It's yeah, you're watching a donkey have sex with the senator's dog. <laughs> oh, my. It's the exact same object, just used for two different things. Different things. And Aleister Crowley felt much the same way. And honestly, if all this shit is actually real, I'm on board with J. Edward Cornelius when he says that if anyone had a grasp on it, 
It's Aleister Crowley. Hmm. Uh, honestly, he did the work. He did. Whatever you want to say about him, and in terms of the right-hand path magic and the idea of deeply investigating the, your own mind, like because the more I read about it, this is where you and I, Marcus, are explaining how there'd be a lot more to this episode if other people found the deep Anakian workings of the universe to be fascinating yes. and didn't want to just drive their car into oncoming traffic <laughs> right. like that one woman did oh. um, because uh, because of uh, our ramblings about it. But Aleister Crowley, he had a very interesting grap- grasp on the Ouija board, and it, it seems like it's not a thing to fuck around with. No, yeah. Aleister Crowley had a grasp on a lot of things to <laughs> Yeah, it is. That's for sure. And I think you were refer- what The great documentary, What's Wrong with Aunt Something? Uh, Karen? Something like that. Yeah. That documentary R- Richard, is so- Aunt Richard. There's something, there's something wrong with Aunt Richard. Something <laughs> like that. But that documentary is sad. Uh, Crowley wrote extensively about the uses of the Ouija board and, in fact, almost put a version of his own into production in 1919. But he never followed through, and the design is lost to history. We don't know what Crowley's Ouija board looked like. I guarantee it looks like a big old cock. (laughs) If it's on brand. (laughs) One thing we know about the Ouija when it comes to just using it in general, never mind the occult, is that in the wrong hands, a Ouija board can be a very dangerous object. Crowley even believed that it could be fatal to one's own soul. Yeah, dude. He believed that the Ouija board was an instant portal into the lower astral plane, and that by using the Ouija board, one could summon, communicate with, and eventually control Enochian angels and lower elementals. Now, we're not going to get into Enochian magic, as I honestly don't understand it very well. And even if I did, I doubt I'd be able to explain it in a way that was even a little bit interesting to our Mm -hmm. listeners. But, Henry, maybe you could take a shot. Oh, God. It's, (laughs) again, it's just, if you look into the center of your mind and you want to believe the images that pop up are real, that is what Enochian magic is. And I am one of those. The more and more I read about it, the more and more I believe that uh, the way out is in. And I don't, again, we are just fucking novices at this. Shit. Huge novices. And the more and more I realize about the, the more and more I realize how little I know it comes from the more I read. Every single time I read another thing about Anakian magic, the less I understand. But the Anakian magic is the idea that there is an entire Byzantine organization of the way the universe works connected to the Kabbalah, to hierarchies of angels, and all this shit, then essentially, if you want to properly use the Ouija board, you have to, like, step by step, it's like it's like Settlers of Catan or something, <laughs> where you have to, like, step by step set up, like, your your crew, like, you gotta get the four watchtowers all occupied by elementals that you have secured and fed and know how to answer their specific... It's, but it's very, very specific. And it's very, very intense. I think we're, lo- we're losing listeners. Here. <laughs> I think we're losing some listeners. <laughs> yeah, so... Enochian angels, obviously. This is not going on. This is all time. <laughs> I, 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 I did ask. Him. No, I know you set that up, and I was like, "Well, how long?" And then I just set my timer. And then in spiritual talk, it, it, every minute is actually ten minutes. Yes, it's like dog use. Yeah. Obviously, Enochian angels are extremely complicated concepts, but. A concept in Crowley and Ouija magic that's a little easier to digest, and I think something that a lot of our listeners would actually be interested in, is the summoning of what is known as elementals. Don't do it. No. I'm just going to say really? it right now. Don't do, do it. Not, 
Don't do it. Don't do it. But if you're going to do it, there are books that you got to read first. Voices oh. from the Void by by Hester Travers Smith. You have to read, even though she doesn't really talk about the dangers of it. She talks about using it. But you got to read Alice Crowley's writings on Ouija boards before you try to do this shit. Because I don't know if it's real or not, but if it is real, it is very easily a way to fuck up your life. I'm going to yeah. say point counterpoint. Go ahead and do it. You know, just get it. Go have a little fun with it. We you don't know. need Gozer. You know what I mean? I feel like this is what we're asking for. You know, it could be a good time. Well, elementals are actually creatures that are familiar to all of us because they usually manifest themselves like elementals. Elves, gnomes, demons, jinns, fairies, Hildefuck. Hildefuck? Hildefuck, cool. And countless other creatures of folklore. And the greys. Yeah, but the greys. But ton, elementals manifest themselves as in a ton of different ways. But these beings actually have no real form or shape of their own when they're in the spirit world. Hmm. So they have to use something to communicate. And that is where the shells of the dead come into play. Oh. See, when people use the Ouija board, about 30% of them use it to try to talk directly to the dead. Or at least that's according to a 1970 poll done for the book Ouija, The Most Dangerous Game. Yeah, that's a recent poll. Yeah. That's all good, <laughs> plus minus 3%. It's, it's scientific. It's, it's a great poll from 1970. But while Crowley believed that there were certainly spirit energy beings floating around and were contactable through the Ouija board... He did not think that they were the actual souls of the deceased. Crowley's view on ghosts is very interesting. Very interesting. And his belief that was probably, quote-unquote, borrowed from an Eastern religion... Huh. <laughs> Isn't that it? Like what that inst- like what like what fuck Jerry does on Instagram? Uh, yeah, borrow. Just, just borrow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a yeah. very current reference. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Well, Crowley believed that when someone dies, the soul is reincarnated, moves on. But something is left behind. The astral remains. What Crowley called the worthless odds and ends. Well, what the way he described it to me is that in this low, we call, we are currently, our reality is a lower realm, right? And the in, within the lower realm, a soul's duty is to acquire knowledge. And that is everything that, it, what your personality is. As that when you pass and you go into the abyss, your soul takes whatever is useful to the reincarnation cycle from your realm of knowledge and moves deeper into the abyss, like sliding into a butthole. <laughs> but what's left is your knowledge, is this shell of everything of who you are, but essentially it is as real as your image in the mirror. Where if you look in the mirror... That thing is just that the image you see is not you, but it is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, what do I got to do to get to that Mortal Kombat realm? <laughs> I would love to do. Uh, who would I like to meet the most? Sub Zero sounds kind of fun, but then not really. You want to hang? You want to hang out with Johnny Cage? Well, Johnny Cage. I mean, but he's because he's going to be the. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Johnny Cage is just like I just oh, think like Entourage. Sub Zero isn't an elitist. No, he's humble. <laughs> Johnny Cage is like I just think that Entourage is one of the funniest dramas and comedies of all time. It would be annoying to hang out with Sub Zero all day. <laughs> Me, I want to get pizza with E Honda. Ooh, that's a great one. Except for it'd have to be Hawaiian pizza. Which not very good. I love Hawaiian pizza. Really? Yeah. Wow. I love this stuff. Strange. Give me more. You're literally, people just shut off the podcast because <laughs> well, of what It's you very said. controversial. Yeah, people need to not take themselves so seriously. No, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, absolutely. Well, this shell 
is described as a record of events. It's like a movie or an image that's being played over and over again. It's closer to, say, like a residual haunting where you see like the same woman in a yellow dress walking up and down a particular staircase mm. every night. And these shells are hollow and without consciousness. And as such, according to Crowley, shells in the spirit realm can be picked up and worn by an elemental, giving them the ability to take the form of anyone from your dead grandmother to Johnny Cash. Anyone who's dead. Huh. But if you can and do actually talk to this being, then by definition, it's not your grandmother. (gasps) Because spirits don't just hang around between worlds waiting for someone to talk to them. They move on. Honestly, that's a great line in a horror movie. That's not grandma. (laughs) (laughs) That's not grandma. I love now do the spirits uh, just a layman over here, you know, do the spirits choose which body they get to go into, or is it more just like next man up, like a DMV and be like, Spirit, now you, you've been summoned, you gotta go. Because I mean it would be cool to come back as Johnny Cash. If you have the planchette, you are always in control. Yeah. It seems to be. Basically, the more and more you read about elementals is that they do whatever it is that you wanna do. They mm. do what you want to do, which also includes unconscious wants and desires, which is why it can be dangerous. If you're not very specific about what you want want and who you're right. calling and who you evoke rather than invoke because that's the other whole whole chapter about the difference between invoking and evoking which is very interesting where you have to like you have to make sure you evoke it and hold it within the planchette because mm. if not it just ends up in your whole fucking house but they they do whatever it is you tell them to do sure but so- you can unconsciously tell them that you want to kill your husband because you think he's cheating on you well the thing about elementals the elementals are tricksters and liars but that doesn't necessarily make them evil it just makes them extremely dangerous oh. that's why okay We're giving extremely broad strokes here. Yes. Extremely broad strokes. And no one listening should try summoning elementals. It bears repeating again. No one should try summoning elementals without reading Aleister Crowley and the Ouija, plus a whole bunch of other Crowley stuff. And even then, we would not recommend it. Books are for nerds. Do it. Do it. Books are for nerds. <laughs> read the original sources always, if you can. Read the Kia Solomon. Read all this shit. And they're very, very... It's like, if you are not willing to do all of that before trying to do these rituals... Because in the end, when it comes down to it, it's like, you know, real or not, I don't think it even matters. It's just more about you be surprised how powerful the human mind is and what you convince yourself is real. And then all of a sudden, you and your daughter are fucking pistol-whipping daddy well, in a fucking church in the basement. You know what I mean? Like, shit like that can happen. Or yeah. you finally go to medical school and you become a doctor that saves lives. It could also happen. Could also happen. Now, there have been plenty of people over the last century to contact positive spirits with the Ouija board. One woman said she contacted a being called Seth. And she built a whole new age philosophy around it. Didn't even charge for her seminars. Really? Yeah. Wow. Others, like Hester Travers Smith, have actually used the Ouija board to launch literary careers. She claimed to have contacted the spirit of Oscar Wilde for her book, Conversations with Oscar Wilde. Mm. Although this contact is definitely suspect because she claims that the spirit of Oscar said that he was never a homosexual and, in fact, adored women. Because that's why I would say straight men always say they adore women. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) But sometimes, if you do believe in this stuff, something very different comes through. 
Crowley likened it to opening the door of your home and inviting every stranger who walks past to come inside and then just leaving them to roam around your house doing whatever it is that they're going to do. When Crowley knows for a fact, if you want to invite a stranger in your home, you invite them in and then they have to insert their penis inside of your butthole and then you can lead them from room to room. (laughs) And Crowley also had a lot to say about a demon that might run, that you might run into out there named uh, Karanzon, a.k.a. the Lord of Chaos and Dispersion, who lives in the vast astral desert between the pylons of Doth and Abyss, uh, who was capable of taking your soul. No one ever came like Alistair Crowley. <laughs> you come and see this shit. No one's ever done that before. But I will. One of the funnest things in that book was talking about a really good way to dispel a demon is that if you have a bat, it was not a demon. It's like if you have a naughty elemental, an uncontrolled elemental in your house. He's like one thing that elementals fear is a, a, a scythe. If you actually have a big farmer scythe and then you call upon Koranzon to say that they will dispel the karma of that elemental, it will destroy it. But it is very difficult to get a scythe. I don't know if you can get it over Amazon or not. I'm not sure. I think you got to be a farmer. I think you could, I could get a scythe. Oh, yeah. You can Google it and you can find it and you can get it delivered. I don't know if they're even legal in New York City, though. I can buy one for $80 off of Etsy. And that'll Whoa. kill an ele- uh, elemental or scare <laughs> an elemental out of your house. It would be kind of fun to talk to that. Uh, what was the name of that one? Taranzon? Karanzon. Karanzon. I mean, that's a, like, so like, what brings you to town? And then he just tells you all that stuff. That's pretty fun. Well, Karanzon could take your soul as well. Yeah, well you if you're not careful and take it to. What was called, uh, I think Carly called it Karanzan's Storehouse. <coughs> I don't know what Karanzan's Storehouse is, but... It doesn't sound good. No. no. I don't know what this shit is. Like, this is the kind of stuff where it's like, once you're in this wiggity world, you better know what the fuck it is you're talking about because it just becomes real every single time you say it. Yeah, the point is, if you're going to use the Ouija board and you do actually believe in this stuff, even a little bit, do the work. Because otherwise, you could wind up like one of the people in these stories we're about to tell. Ooh. So although the case itself is suspect, it's said that the story on which William Peter Blatty based his novel The Exorcist on involved a young boy, not a girl, who messed around with the Ouija board given to him by his spiritualist aunt right before she died. But instead of reaching her, the young boy, according to legend, reached something else entirely. Now, it could be that the grief of his aunt's death plus the overactive imagination of a teenager could be to blame here, but other people have reported similar phenomena of playing with the Ouija board and getting, well, some sort of being. Okay. As told in Ouija Gone Wild, a 16-year-old girl in Oil City, Pennsylvania. Ooh, I love Oil City, Pennsylvania. Back in 1988, received a Ouija board as a Christmas gift from her mother. She soon got in contact with a being that called itself Pharma. Pharma told the girl that it was there for her soul. And on the next night, the girl was found growling and screaming in bed. And when the mother came into the room, the girl shouted, quote, Forget it, bitch! You ain't gonna win! <laughs> I love that she works for sanitation. It's a, it's a young girl, but, uh, you know, she is, she's big into the sanitation union, and uh, don't cross them. They'll kill you. But that's how you know it's a real exorcism. It's gotta sound like me, kind of hungover. Right. <laughs> so a priest was brought in, they went through the whole rigmarole, and it's assumed that it all worked out. And these sorts of things still happen. As recently as 2009, entire schools in Colombia were stricken with rashes of teenage girl Ouija possessions. Really? Now, some say that the reason why young teenagers are so susceptible to possession is that they're not quite adults, 
which makes them closer to the spirit realm, unlike us earthbound old sirs. Uh-huh. And they have the added bonus of pubescent energy. Oh, They're ripe with it. Yeah. Right? That's, this reminds me of The Craft. Yeah. It's still one of my favorite movies. Others, though, say that teenagers are just impressionable, emotionally high-strung, and usually tend to act in ways that they think are expected of them, especially when your entire school is suddenly beset by possessions, as was the uh, case in Colombia. No, no. Teenage boys, teenage girls, they're the, they're just, they're the perfect picture of rationality. <laughs> <laughs> of course, like all of us were. But there are some who think that when you're playing with a Ouija board, nine times out of ten... You're going to get a demon. You're, here's your side. Here, here's your side. You might be a demon. <laughs> the most famous of these fundamentalists are, without a doubt, Ed and Lorraine Warren. Yeah. Uh, they made a lot these of money. pieces of shit. And to say it one more time, the Warrens are not the dashing, heroic, selfless couple portrayed in the Conjuring movies. Even though the Conjuring movies are awesome. They do not look like Patrick Wilson and Vera Farmiglia. They do not look like that. No. They look no. like me. Both of them. <laughs> yes. No, but the Conjuring, as you said, yeah, great series. Really great series. Solid. Fantastic series. But that's not who the Warrens are right. at all. The real Warrens are fear mongers and frauds, often fudging facts to fluctuate their involvement in paranormal cases, sometimes going so far as to invent entire narratives just to make people believe in their worldview. Just like that Bigfoot believer who got caught with a cooler full of deer cut deer guts saying that it was Bigfoot guts well, just to make his case. Right. He's just trying. Yeah, yeah I would say trying. they were they're like the Cato Kalen of the spiritual world. What do you mean? Cato never did nothing wrong to nobody. He never did nothing to anything. He just keeps showing up. He just keeps showing up and inserting himself in various scenarios. We're yeah. just being like, is Cato Kalen a ba- is Cato Kalen, is he a baseball player? No, he's just hanging out with a bunch of them. Oh, Cato Kalen, is he a comedian? No, he's just at the comedy store, but yep. he's outside of it doing, is he selling autographs? What is he doing? What does he do, actually? I really don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. I don't know the name. The masked dancer or mm-hmm. singer or whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if Kato's one of them, which would be a great <laughs> surprise. As soon as like, some be. Teletubby takes off their head and it's Kato Kalen, you're just like, oh, oh. Kato. <laughs> Kato Kalen, huh? No kidding. The Warrens spent their lives railing against Ouija boards, telling anyone who would listen that all Ouija's should be buried two feet under the earth and sprinkled with holy water, claiming that four out of every ten cases that they investigated started with a Ouija. Hmm. People like them are responsible for a lot of the myths surrounding the Ouija board, like how if you don't break it into seven pieces, bury it in a deep hole and say a prayer, then sprinkle it with a little holy water if you're trying to get rid of it. Yeah. Spirits you've summoned will come back to haunt you. You know what we did? We burnt ours. It's the worst thing you could possibly we burnt do. Yep. The Ouija board at my friend Aaron's house because it kept on changing the CD uh, flipper. I don't think someone had the remote. Or the remotes we could see them on the table, and the flipper was co- just going. And we burnt it. It's the worst thing you could do because what? some say that if you burn a Ouija board, the Ouija board might scream. Well, yeah. And anyone, <laughs> that was the whole point. And anyone who hears the Ouija scream will die within three days. Well, all of us are around, I mean. (laughs) But there are quite a few people out there who agree with the Warrens when they say that something diabolical lives on the other side of the board. But for some, there is a singular diabolical being that haunts the Ouija, and that being's name is 
Zozo. <laughs> the dancing clown. <laughs> Zozo is not, I'm just going to say, not a scary name. No, it is not. I like it because it is, because it's cute, it does sort of sound scarier. Mm-hmm. It's like the idea of like, what I always liked about Annabelle, the doll and all that kind of shit and Conjuring, where it's not some creepy looking doll. It's just a fucking Raggedy Ann doll. There's I know. some of it looking simpler that's scarier to me. Well, thousands of people across the world claim that they've come into contact with Zozo while using the Ouija board. When one contacts Zozo, it's said that whatever it is will repeat its name over and over again, rapidly moving between the Z and the O on the board. Zozo, 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 Zozo. And you'll also notice it's Zozo when it spells out, got your nose? (laughs) Really bizarre. Interesting. Very strange. Yeah. Or Zozo will take a different Z name. Uh, What one researcher called... Zentities. Oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Those Zentities in, is cool. Yeah, that's, that, those include Zaza, uh, Zoso, Zaz, Zaz, <laughs> Zohar, and many others. Zorro. <laughs> it's all just fun. Like, it just reminds me of what's her name? Zsa Gabor. Absolutely fabulous. She's just, I don't need talent. I have presence. She created what it means to be, uh, what do you call that? Famous for being famous? Famous for being famous. Useless. A socialite. Ah. Not useless. <laughs> no, Zsa was very funny. She was very funny. Well, it's actually said that if you come across pretty much any two-syllable Z name on the Ouija, it's a good idea to say goodbye and stop immediately. If you come across Zsa Gabor, say goodbye it starts with a g no it starts with a z does it Zaja. Zaja. Ah, i thought mm-hmm. it was g yeah and it is very important to say goodbye because if you don't then you might have an elemental roaming around your house feeding on your life energy unless of course you leave some cum covered fruit oh or something like that out for it to eat but that's a whole other crowley oh, thing We're, this is what i'm talking goodness. about do the fucking reading because <laughs> a part of the reading has this whole breakdown of how you need to feed your elemental you're you're going to be working with an elemental consciously you're bringing it into your house. But a part of it is that if you don't feed it other food, it will feed on you and your family and all this kind of shit. It's like, that's why mediums feel drained after working on the board. So he recommends, and this is true, you leave a fucking table that no one can touch that's got a cup of sperm on it. Hmm, so that the cup. elemental can eat it. Like, you can put so fucking it, fruit and shit on it, but they want cum in there. I don't. So. It wants like a, an edible arrangement. It wants sexual energy. Well, it's sexual. It just wants energy. Pineapple. It wants life energy. So yeah, oh, okay. cum works great. Fruit works mm-hmm. great. Uh, and huh. then it will. Uh, sl- I mean, to the skeptic, it may seem that the food is just decaying. Yeah. But there's a subtle difference here: is that if an elemental is draining the, draining the life energy from the food, then it will start. To look like turds. Oh, that's great. That's what you want on a table. (laughs) That's perfect. So in demonology, Zozo only appears once in the 19th century Infernal Dictionary as a minor demon who, along with demons Caprulet and Mimi, possessed a young girl and caused havoc in 1816. And of course, by causing havoc, the young girl demanded her right to vote. (laughs) And then they're like, this must be a demon. What's going on here? You're crazy. You're crazy. Now, it very well could be that the name Zozo is just a popular subconscious permutation of Pazuzu. <laughs> I remember Pazuzu. Of course. Pazuzu oh, was yeah. the demon who got his 15 minutes as the demon that possessed Reagan in The Exorcist. <laughs> uh, and the reason why I think it might be like a subversion is because the Ouija Zozo only started showing up in the 80s and 90s. 
That was almost 100 years after the invention of the board, but right around the time that The Exorcist started getting made available on VHS. Interesting. Yeah. But for the people who believe Zozo to be very real, and they do exist all over the world, yes, Zozo will promise to grant special powers. And then, once he is accepted, the entity will wreak havoc upon their life. Ooh. Do they have a name for themselves, like Zozo Heads? Or like... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Zozo Beast. It is very, uh, I mean, if you're talking to Zozo, you're not, okay? It is something else. It wants you to think that it's Zozo. You're talking to an elemental that is just doing this. It is, again, a great character by Chris Kattan, but it is not a real entity. Say goodbye. Yeah, and some people have even claimed to receive these special powers. One girl said Zozo appears to her as a dog with red eyes who guards her property. She said that Zozo came through the Ouija and told her that she was among the Chosen 2012. Although she had to admit, even she didn't know what the hell Chosen 2012 was. But she's a part of it, and she's got a red dog that guards her house. Hey, all right. If it works, it works. Who needs a moat? Yeah. Others, though, say that Zozo appears as a locust with bulging muscles, wings, and scales. Cool. While others say that he's more like a snake. Well, Although, okay. He can shape shift into anything that he desires. Oh, okay, okay, I cool. want him to be a hot dog. <laughs> Ooh, hot dog would be fun. I want him to be He's a, a big evil hot dog. <laughs> it's the fucking. It's the form of the traveler, like in Ghostbusters. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So he can be a little cute dog. He can be a different kind of dog. <laughs> now, some think that the reason why people react so strongly to the Ouija is that whether it's real or not, the Ouija opens up doors to the subconscious, and some people just can't handle what they find inside. I wonder if it's got something to do with literally just sitting in silence in a weird consecrated area that actually it, it inspires something inside of people and these these magical moments because a part of if one of the rules of of working with the Ouija a part of it is that you have to see, take it seriously and think it's really going to work. So a part of it's you're putting yourself in this headspace already and then I wonder if that just generally fucks with people who don't necessarily pause and take a spiritual moment in their day. It could, it could. It's like an advent calendar for your mind. How so? Because you open it. <laughs> oh. Like an advent calendar. You never heard of an advent calendar? You open it up for the days of Christmas. Ah, uh, yeah. And one's we got like, a s'more in it. One's got a Santa Claus shoe or something. And we've known that the subconscious has a lot to do with the Ouija for a while now. Back in 1920, when the board was really on the upswing, Harry Houdini himself explored the Ouija board phenomenon while investigating spiritualism in general and ended up finding that the people with the most interesting things to say were the psychiatrists. Hmm. Houdini quoted the medical director of the State Asylum of New Jersey who said that the Ouija board, quote, is especially serious because it is adopted mainly by persons of high strong neurotic tendency who become victims of actual illusions. Well, I don't know if that, I don't think it was Jersey Shore, Jersey. No, 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 no. One thing in Jersey, you know, we love, we love the widget board and we love a pork roll. Come on. Oh, well, of course, why wouldn't you? Well, Houdini went on to report that in just one town in California, five people have been driven to the asylum because of their use of the Ouija board. Now, it probably wasn't demons that drove these people to the nuthouse, but if anything, I think we've proved in this episode that the Ouija is indeed a powerful object, whatever it is. Absolutely. It is. No, that is definitive proof throughout this episode. As our last example, 
Let's bring George Norrie into the conversation. Oh, yes, please. <laughs> I tell you what, what I like, I love the Ouija board, but tell me, could someone bring me a Ouija excited? <laughs> yep, yep, uh, that, is, that, I, that is a funny joke, uh, Mr. Norrie. Thank Thanks. you, thank you. Thanks so much for being on the show. Love having you. Back in 2002, Norrie was guest hosting Coast to Coast AM for Art Bell. And just happen to bring along a Ouija board that night. But is it like when somebody brings a guitar on stage? It's like one of those, <laughs> yeah. people like, I just so happen to have a Ouija board with me. And everyone's like, whoa. <laughs> but when George started playing around with the idea of using it on the air, he found that he was flooded with calls. And when George tried talking to these people on the air, he found that he couldn't properly hear anyone. <gasps> Then, suddenly, the power failed in the studio, and when the backup generator switched on, George said that the planchette was pointed directly at the word, no. <gasps> Shit. Whoa. And when he tried using it a second time, the studio blacked out again. Tell me, Ouija board, I've got a question. Uh-huh. If ghosts were to wear a hat, <laughs> what color hat would the ghosts wear? G-R-E-E-N. <laughs> That is absolutely fascinating. <laughs> green hat. I knew it would be a green hat. <laughs> Power was only restored when the producer stormed into the studio, took the Ouija board away from George, and <laughs> threw it out the door. <laughs> but George remembered the event and in 2007 tried to take it to the next level. Ooh. If Loch Ness Monster <laughs> was going to get a swimsuit... What color would the swimsuit be? G R E E N. Absolutely fascinating. Oh, Nori's idea in 2007 was that he was going to bring four experienced Ouija operators on air, including the author of Ouija Gone Wild, oh. to do a live reading. And predictably, listeners freaked out. Out saying that a Ouija reading broadcast to that many people would open up a portal to the spirit world so big we'd never get rid of all the demons. Oh my gosh. They even had black magicians calling in, telling George, Yeah, 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 go yes, do it. Because do it. they said, Yes, do it, yes, please, please do it. Because <laughs> they said that they were planning to piggyback on the energy oh. by doing their own concurrent rituals at home along with the coast to coast ritual. This is extremely fun. Tell me, you're a black magician. Now, when you're doing your laundry, how do you separate the colors? Is black considered a bright color, or do you put it in with the whites but don't add bleach? <laughs> we don't do laundry. That's a fascinating question, George. As a matter of fact, mostly I send it out. Absolutely fascinating. Well, there is something to this, though. We got a lot of energy ha uh, happening with the, with the radio. Yeah, There's something yeah. really cool happening there. Perhaps the demons will travel through the lines. Now, Nori took the Ouija-pocalypse, as he called it, all the way to the night of the show. But it was decided that if they went through with it, they will be blamed for every bad thing that ever happened in the world afterward. So they pulled the plug <laughs> at the mean, last honestly, second. Oh, come on, I wish it would have happened. Well, that's what you they can really tell it because you know it would be from then on. Any single thing you'd write, you, people would talk about since 2007. Like, well, ever since the Ouija apocalypse in 2007, <laughs> nothing's ever been the same. And George is being like, I tell you what, I. 
I love pizza. <laughs> <laughs> That's great, George. Oh, man, they should have done it. But that shows you just how powerful the Ouija really is. Again, as we say, all of this stuff is all about perception. In the end, the communications of the Ouija may not be anything but our subconscious causing our muscles to twitch, but just the belief in the potential of the Ouija was enough to frighten thousands on a deep spiritual level. I love it. The Ouija. I firmly believe in the Ouija. If you want my, if you all want my honest opinion, firmly believe in. I, I mean, the, the, where does that? Where do you think it comes from? Parker Brothers and then Hasbro Brothers. No idea. No idea. But, but there it, is something to it. It's really awesome stuff. Be careful. It is one of those very accidentally deep topics. Is as you go through and you read more about it, it's it's important to know what you're talking about. We only barely know what we're talking about because barely. we've been reading and we've read as much as we can. But the idea of the trying to figure out the inner mechanics of the Ouija board is absolutely fascinating in a very boring, useless way <laughs> that I wish that I could give to other people. Like the love of reading all the esoteric work is so much fun, but it's so hard to talk about outside of your own mind. Mm -hmm. Yeah, interesting. All right, there it is. The episode on the Ouija board. Who knew there was so much to uh, to talk about? And real mirror dares as yeah. well. Oh, very real we only, Fuck we, it again. We only just started talking about it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and uh, there were quite a few murders that we didn't even get to a lot of Ouija related murders out there so I mean, if you believe it or if you don't believe it those murders are real yes. so that's the interesting thing about all of that um, awesome so let's see here so what should we talk about we have our shows coming up mm -hmm. so we got to talk about that yeah we're on we're on a road real soon and it's gonna be fun excited to see ya Cannot wait. We got Nashville. We got uh, Pittsburgh. We got Cincinnati. We got Cleveland. Uh, our shows here in March at the Bell House, I believe they're both sold out. They now. are both sold out now. Um, so we cannot wait to see everybody at that that very experimental first show, first run. Not even a show yet, as yeah, you all I know. Wonder, so I wonder what that show will be about. I have no idea. We literally I don't, don't know. know. Yeah, no oh, we got to work on that soon. Yeah, yeah, at some point we probably should. Uh, you can still get our live show, W www.lastpodcastlive.com check it out it's doing it's a it's doing very well and it's a wonderfully fun uh, little event to, and have some friends over yeah and if you uh, want to come see us uh, we're going to be uh, Nashville is 319 Cincinnati is 320 Cleveland is 322 and Pittsburgh is 323 and these shows will sell out so get your tickets now we're already we've only had them on sale for like a week and uh, the uh, the shows are almost sold out so if you want to come see us be sure to get the tickets as soon as possible. Absolutely. And we have a little bit of a show announcement here as well. Um, starting this month, we're going to be doing something where at the the last week of every month, we're going to be doing two more side story style shows. Obviously, Marcus Parks will be joining us. Yes. Um, because, frankly, uh, Marcus is soon to be dead um, because he is working entirely too hard. Henry's brain. But you know, he's, you know. part of it is that we want to bring you guys even more thick-ass shows because I think you guys like it. We fucking like it. We like going into into uh, topics as deep as humanly possible, up to the top of our balls as much as oh. we can. Well, that's not and that a part high. Of it is that, but you know what I mean? <laughs> a part of it is that we don't – we got to have more time yes. to properly research some of this shit in order to break new ground. Yeah. So we're like at this kind of crux. So part of it is like having an extra week to do deep, deep dive research is going to allow us to bring you – 
fucking bigger, heavier episodes as time goes. Because what we have, we have a list for this year, which we do at the beginning of each year. We sort of generate what we want to talk about. And some of the topics are going to require us breaking new ground, which yep. is going to actually require real journalism from fucking Marcus and myself and, and Kissel sometimes. Oftentimes. Oftentimes. <laughs> um, absolutely. It's going to so take be... sometimes the extra, but you won't have any less content from us. It's just some of it's going to be a little less intense and historical. It's going to be more current. So a part of it is us bringing more of our energy to current affairs like we do with side stories with the help of Marcus, who actually knows what he's talking about. Yes. Where Kissel and I could debate stuff on a much fluffier side. On one side of side stories, we have Marcus come in on the other side and deliver a big, bald version yeah. of side and there's still going to be three deep dive intense episodes a month you know and there's also 250 deep dive episodes <laughs> uh, in the archive you know uh, where you, you know you can go and listen to all those it's just like one episode a month is going to be a little lighter uh, absolutely now it'll be wonderful and it'll still be great it'll still be us it'll be us hanging out with our friends and yeah, you it, are part of that last yeah. podcast friend family so that'll be yeah. very exciting just not just, reading three books a week until I die and well which Every is going to happen very soon <laughs> so we also have to do with a congratulations speaking of Marcus Parks have we mentioned your engagement Actually, we have not. Not okay, on the so show. Marcus Parks, he made a decision that's going to yeah. last a lifetime. Yeah, yeah. Um, he and Carolina are engaged, so congratulations. Thank you very much. They did it in Washington Welcome. Square Park, although um, Marcus did not take my advice when he was going down to take a knee, because you have to do that by law. Uh, he didn't check for pebbles. <laughs> no. And I think that that's really dangerous not to do that, but uh-huh. lucky you got you got very lucky. No yeah. pebble on the knee. Yeah, and we also got, we got offered drugs just about 15 seconds before I proposed. Don't New, only smoke, smoke. in New York. <laughs> only in New York. So, and then a couple of t- and then a couple of tourists uh, applauded. Of course. So congratulations, Carolina. Congratulations, Marcus. And we're excited to go to another wedding. Thank you very much. Yes, yes, there's a lot another. of weddings. This year. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of weddings. But I will say, uh, I also want to say thank you to uh, Helena and Evan from Lost Creek Farms, who sent me some fucking niche. Uh, I got a hold of some of their fucking sklish. They're fucking. They are. They. It is marijuana. Ah, is what uh, I'm talking yeah. I wasn't about. sure what they sent um, you. Like jelly. And they sent or... me this blue. This blueberry shit. That's absolutely fantastic. Uh, it. It was these little stubby joints. Is absolutely incredible. If you get a hold of it, it's called Lost Creek Farms. And holy shit, man! It's real groovy stuff. And groovy. I'm not even paid to say this. I just love weed. Okay, there it is. Um, I guess that that is basically all we have. Right? I think that's yeah, about it. Yeah. I think that's. Oh yes. Uh, lastly, Tuesday. Um, I believe it's the twelfth of this month. Uh, there's going to be a memorial show for Kevin Barnett in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. Uh, that'll be at eight p.m. Henry and I and Ed Larson and Jackie Zabrowski will all be there representing the network. And yeah. so, if you get a chance, come on out to that. It's going to be it'll be fun. It'll be slightly sad, but uh, it will be fun. So, hope uh, to see the everyone next then. Day- uh, and also, right before that, I'm doing a show at the Dynasty Typewriter for a show called Never Seen It that I'm actually really excited for, where I'm charged to write a script of a show that I've never seen uh, and then present it to people. And I did the podcast and I did Mary Poppins because I'd never seen the film Mary Poppins. So I wrote a script. You never saw Magic Mary Poppins? I've never seen it. I've never, I, I've never what? seen Mary Poppins either. What? No interest. Yes. No, no, it doesn't interest. matter if you have an interest. <laughs> it's what parents put on in front of you to keep it you just quiet didn't get, for two hours. It nah. just didn't get to my eyeballs. Nah. It didn't get to it. But a, what? Uh, what I was going to do, uh, so this time I'm writing a script of Little House on the Prairie. 
Because I've never seen that, and I don't know what that is. Well, that's fine. You don't have to see that. But, Henry, now, what is Pop Quiz Mary Poppins? What, what should you take with medicine to help it go down? Fucking that sweet, sweet sativa indica. No, <laughs> it's sugar. It's sugar is the answer. Get them fucking terpenes, dude. Oh, my goodness. Keep on checking out all the shows here on the Last Podcast Network. Abe Lincoln's Top Hat. The political season is heating up, and we're having a lot of fun. And Wizard of the Bruiser. Give um, to our Patreon. Give to our Patreon. And, yeah, I mean, just check out all the shows. And yeah. all the shows are doing great. So thank you all so much for your support. Yeah, and uh, go and follow us at LP on the left on uh, Twitter and uh, Instagram. And we'll let you know uh, when shows are released. There it is. All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. We love you very much. Hail yourselves. Hail Satan. Hail Uh Hail me. Fucking do the reading. Zozo. If you want to just do fucking Ouija board reading, it is very helpful. But be prepared. Right? I don't know. Just go out there, talk to Zozo. Be prepared. Great guy. Do the reading. Be prepared. Remember that? What's that? Hey, Beauty and the Beast? I think that's Be My Guest. That, there's one, that's one of the songs. <laughs> yes. On Beauty and the Beast. Huh. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. For 25 years, Mike's has been making lemonade the hard way. Mike's Hard Lemonade. Hard days deserve a hard lemonade. Mike's is hard. So is prison. Don't drive drunk. Premium all beverage with flavors. All registered trademarks used under license by Mike's Hard Lemonade Company, Chicago, Illinois. Whether you're making the same breakfast that you have every day or baking a cake for an extra special day, eggs are a staple in our diets. Eggland's best eggs are nutritionally superior to ordinary eggs containing more vitamins and 25% less saturated fat. Not only are they better for you, but Eggland's best eggs taste better too. There's a reason that they're America's number one eggs. Visit egglandsbest.com for additional information and delicious recipes.